What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. In Jesus's conversation with Pontius Pilate, they talk about truth. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? Human existence is about finding the truth. And we're in this fallen world. And sometimes it can be very confusing, but we know as Catholics that all truth is found in Jesus Christ. That the answer to every problem, every hope, every dream, the yearning of the soul, the answer to everything, the only way to make things right and to come into our true identity is through Jesus Christ. Edith Stein, she was uh, known more as Edith Stein than as her religious name, Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. She's a saint. She was searching for the truth as well in her life, just like so many of the saints. And at one point, she, she read a book. It was the autobiography of Teresa of Avila, and she spent all night reading it. And in the morning, when she got up, she said this after she finished the book, quote, when I had finished the book, I said to myself, this is the truth, unquote. And then later in her life, she would make a statement that, quote, my longing for truth was a single prayer, unquote. And truly, that is how it is for every single person, even if they're going in all the wrong places for it. Our soul, well, like St. Augustine said, that we are restless until we rest in Christ, who is the truth, the answer to everything. This search for the truth goes back all the way to into the early church. I mean, the Christians, the very early Christians who were martyred. Today, our featured saint is Saint Justin Martyr. Justin Martyr was born probably in the year 100, and he died in the year 165. His father brought Justin up in the Greek religion, and they studied the philosophers. He became a philosopher himself, studying Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. He learned to look at at the, at the fundamental problems concerning human existence through their eyes, through the study of philosophy. There are some people who think, well, the ancient philosophers have nothing to offer us because they weren't Christian. That's not entirely true. Let me tell you why. Socrates and Plato, uh, these philosophers were considered unknowing Christians. Is that interesting? 
and Aristotle's thoughts had a profound impact on, on many medieval scholars, even today, especially St. Thomas Aquinas. This brings us back to Justin Martyr. He was a philosopher and he had studied these things and he was a true seeker of the truth. When he does have his encounter with Jesus Christ, it is profound because now all his searching, all his study, everything just kind of coalesces and it makes sense. And this impacted Justin Martyr to the point that, like his name says, he, he is eventually martyred for his beliefs. But there's just more to the story. It's very interesting. So after many years of studying his philosophy, he had this a life-changing encounter with an old man who was really questioning him about his beliefs and his philosophy. And, and he, this old man was saying, Philosophy is not enough to attain the truth. It doesn't quite get you there. So he urged Justin to study Jewish prophets and because these Jewish prophets had spoken with God's inspiration, they had predicted the coming of Christ and the foundation of the church. But what's so interesting about this conversation with Justin and this old man, he was concerned about Justin's soul. He wasn't just arguing for the sake of argument. And, and this is an interesting thing when it comes to the conversion of people. They know when we just want to win an argument, but they also know when we really love them, when we really care about their soul. This old man said, uh, there's a quote of him, above all things, pray that the gates of life may be open to you. For these are not things to be discerned unless God and Christ grant to a man the knowledge of them." Unquote. So that's what this old man told him, you know, pray that these things be open to you, the gates of life. So he was really concerned for him. It's knowledge isn't enough. There has to be love and God is love. So without this portion of it, maybe Justin would not have converted. We don't know, but it was there and he did. And Justin was observant in his life as a philosopher. And he always had admired Christians from a distance because of their lives. Their, the, their actions spoke volumes to him. And this is what he has to say. I'm going to read a quote from him. When I was a disciple of Plato, hearing the accusations made against the Christians and seeing them intrepid in the face of death and of all that men fear, I said to myself that it was impossible that they should be living in evil and in the love of pleasure." Unquote. So he, he recognized the authenticity of, of their witness that they had something. Justin ends up being baptized and converting at about 30 years old. And then he, he writes apologies, which apologies are explanations or defenses. He writes them to two different emperors, these apologies. And they're a defense of the faith, an explanation, but also pleading with the emperors for justice and using philosophy. The second emperor that he was not able to convince, who actually had him martyred, 
uh, who was considered a philosopher himself. He used philosophy as an argument. It didn't work that second time around. The first time around, he had convinced Emperor Antonius Pius around the year 150 to back off on the Christians. He didn't convert him, but this emperor was tolerant of Christians, so the persecutions let up. So Justin was successful. But then there was a new emperor and Marcus Aurelius and Justin was not able to convince him, although he wrote him an apology too. And he ends up being martyred during that reign. But in his apologies, he speaks about justice. He speaks about how it is good for the empire to have Christians in it, how it would benefit them. He tries to convert them. He explains the mass. He explains Mary the, the new Eve, he explains Jesus Christ, God made man the logos, the center of everything. It, it's beautiful. And so I've got some of these, these quotes to read to you. In his first apology, he compares the coming of Jesus with the first creation because we know Jesus as the new Adam and he's recreating everything. So he, he explains, quote, we all gather on the day of the sun, for it is the first day after the Jewish Sabbath, but also the first day, when God separated matter from darkness and made the world. And on this same day, Jesus Christ, our Savior, rose from the dead. He's talking about you know, why Sunday is special and why the Christians gather on Sunday. He explains, too, because in the early church, there was this misconception about the Eucharist, you know, like the, the Christians were accused of being cannibals. So he is explaining a lot of things. And I'm going to read this. This is so beautiful. And all the parts of the mass that he teaches or explains in his apologies, all these parts are, are what we have today. You'll see, you'll see it, it's the mass that we still have quote. And this food is called among us Eucharistia, the Eucharist of which no one is allowed to partake, but the man who believes that the things which we teach are true, and who has been washed with the washing that is for the remission of sins, and unto regeneration, and who is so living as Christ has enjoined. Before I, I, I go any further, I want to I break this apart a little bit. The only ones who could participate in the Eucharist to partake of it are those who believe the things which we teach are true, so, and who have been washed with the washing that is for the re the remission of sins unto regeneration, that's baptized. So only the baptized believers can participate in this. Okay, I'm going to go on with what he's saying here. Quote, For not as common bread and common drink do we receive these, but in like manner as Jesus Christ our Savior, having been made flesh by the word of God, had both flesh and blood for our salvation. So likewise we have been taught that the food which is blessed by the prayer of his word, his meaning Jesus' words, because we use, the priest uses his words at the consecration, and from our blood and flesh by transmutation are nourished, is the flesh and blood of that Jesus who was made flesh. And that's, quote, that's from the first apology. Justin also goes on to talk about Mary for Eve, who was a virgin and undefiled, having conceded the word of the serpent, brought forth disobedience and death. But the Virgin Mary received faith and joy when the angel Gabriel announced the good tidings to her. 
Wherefore also the holy things begotten of her is the Son of God. And he continues, quote, And by her has he been born, Jesus, to whom we have proved so many scriptures referring, and by whom God destroys both the serpent and his angels and men who are like him, unquote. Justin was not able to convince Emperor Marcus Aurelius in his apology, his second apology, and so he was martyred. We have it recorded, and I will read it to you right now. Quote, The prefect Rusticus says, Approach and sacrifice all of you to the gods. Justin says, No one in his right mind gives up piety for impiety. And the prefect Rusticus says, If you do not obey, you will be tortured without mercy. And Justice replies, That is our desire, to be tortured for our Lord Jesus Christ, and so to be saved, for that will give us salvation and firm confidence at the more terrible universal tribunal of our Lord and Savior. And all the martyrs said, because I'm just interjecting here, he's with a, a small group, all the martyrs said, do as you wish, for we are Christians, and we do not sacrifice to idols. The prefect Rusticus read, read the sentence. Those who do not wish to sacrifice to the gods and to obey the emperor will be scourged and beheaded according to the laws. The holy martyrs glorifying God betook themselves to the customary place where they were beheaded and consummated their martyrdom, confessing their Savior. And we have to ask ourselves, how deep is our faith? How firm do we hold to it? So we can ask for a deeper faith. And we can also ask the intercession of Justin Martyr that we would have a martyr's heart, whether we're ever called to it or not. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Onderko, produced at the studios of Matriday Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit matridayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org.